With the 10th pick in the 2014 NBA Draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Alfred Payton from the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Alfred Payton was a high riser during the draft workouts. Michael Carter Williams, also a guard. Also a point guard. Yeah, I know. We, we saw the welcoming open arms. Yeah, that had absolutely nothing to do with the Knicks. It'll all make sense after you hear the rest of the episode. So tune in. Nickish Podcast, Episode 11. New Year, same Knicks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nick-ish podcast. This is episode number 11. Happy New Year to everyone. My name is Mo, and I'm here with my man, Nafi. What's up, man? It's been a while. Shit, man. I ain't seen you since last year. What the hell? I had to take that easy layup right there. My yeah. fault. <laughs> How you been, man? It's been, it's been a few weeks. Last episode we had was with Dr. Khan, and that was about three weeks ago, so... You know, we took a little bit of a break for the holidays and and all that. Real life guy in the way, but what's up with you? Not much, man. Like you said, a little break from the from the harsh world of podcasting. I guess uh, holiday hangover, if that's what you want to call it. But no, nah, I'm good, man. Just uh, same as always, watching basketball, trying to live every day like it's a new one. I guess some cheesy shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, for what we know, the Knicks are still the Knicks. Uh, New Year, same old Knicks, right? So, thankfully, still a thankfully. shitty team. Still a shitty team. They're one and nine the last ten, and they're in London right now without Canner. Um, we'll talk a little bit about him later with stuff that he's going through right now. Um, but the Knicks are still a shitty team, one and nine. Uh, the rest of the NBA is still going on. We've seen Harden light it up every game. He scored thirty plus and seventeen. Uh, games in a row, maybe 18 tonight, and or is it 14? Is it 14 or or 17? Uh, what 30 games in a row? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was 14, right? It was a very high number. It was. I mean, since we're talking about Harden real quick, just I know we are the Nickish podcast, but like, good lord, dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. I think I saw a stat somewhere the last year, his MVP year, mind you. He had like 10 or 11 40 point games. Mm-hmm. And at this point, halfway mark of the season, uh, 2019 still fresh on everybody's calendars. He's had 14 40 point games already. Jesus. Like that's, that's insane, bro. He called insane. it. He called it, you know, a few weeks ago. He said MVP. That's what I'm going for. He's going for the repeat. And at this point, who, who can argue against him? Not many. A long limbed Greek uh, uh, freak of sorts. 
in Milwaukee would probably disagree, but otherwise, yeah, no, nobody's cooking like Harden right now. It's kind of fucking wild. It's, I mean, not wild, but it's just like I feel like this is probably the uh, the best version of Harden we've seen so far. It's it's crazy how he keeps getting better every year. Yeah, he was already at like MVP level like three four years ago. So yeah, I just we just have to hope that he can uh, he can sustain that and not die out as we've seen in previous years in the playoffs. It's definitely not going to be sustainable come playoff season. So you know, I hope. Once Chris Paul comes back, once Clint Capella comes back, um, mm-hmm. they'll take a lot of the offensive load off his shoulders, and come playoff time, okay. we'll be able to see him averaging crazy points like this again. Yeah, I mean, until those guys come back, he's holding on the four right now. He's basically keeping him alive. Like I'm pretty sure the the Rockets went on that hot streak, and Harden went on that hot streak, and they won all those games as soon as like all their guys went down. And then Capella, that injury was recent, right? But yeah, Shitman Harden's killing it, and um. You know, he, he better watch his back. Knox is on the come-up, too. That MVP race might heat up soon. So, just saying. <laughs> just, just saying. He, he dropped in 31, right? This is going to be a regular thing now. Yeah, it's, it's a light day. He's warming up, you know. It's, we're only halfway through. This is Knox time right now. But, no, nah, just to circle back, bring it back to the next real quick. I mean, just hard and ball now, like, just kind of it to me. Like, a lot of people won't see it this way. I, this is probably, like, the farthest thing from a casual fan's mind, but this is kind of, like, legitimizes, like, the tanking argument. You can't get anywhere in this league without stars, right? Like, the MVPs, the superstars, they come from, like, really high draft picks. Harden himself is, like, a number two pick. You know, and I know he already went to a team that already had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, but, like, I think the point is still the same. You got to cultivate talent. You got to get talent. You got to get superstars to win in the league, and, like, the, the Knicks been doing their part and just, just losing beautifully might I add I mean Moutier regressing has helped a lot and I know that's something we wanted to touch on but yeah I guess that would be the one main takeaway of the recent game to seeing uh, um, Moutier kind of predictably his shooting just kind of fall off you know mm-hmm. just, just, there was no way he was going to shoot 55% from the field I think that's what he was shooting um, in terms of true shooting percentage in the month of December when he started like really heating up and abandoned his Boudier moniker, but nah, he's back with a vengeance. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, Moutier, you know, December was a great month, but I think predictably so as a young guy. He's still only 22 years old. He's going to regress in January. Uh, They did have a very difficult schedule. They played Milwaukee several times in December, and then they were traveling a lot. They were were on the road a lot, so um, bad games were expected, and it would be nice for him to start shooting some more threes, but his game right now is just driving in and scoring buckets inside the paint. But uh, in today's NBA, if you're going to be a guard, you got to score some threes. And the last five, six games, he's only scored like five, six threes. Um, so we need we need to see that number go up. But, I mean, Moutier is back to Moutier, but his numbers aren't that horrible compared to what we've seen in the summer league when he was, you know, going for, going two for ten on the regular Uh uh, in the Philly game, he scored 19 points. It's respectable, seven for 17. Pacers game, mm-hmm. 21 points, eight for 18. Not bad. Um, but you know, Moutier, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna drop the ball on him right now. Uh, just because he has, mm-hmm. he's, he's not playing so well as of late. But again, he's still only 22 years old. So, uh, I, I'm he gonna is. play a little bit more patiently with him and see how he does the rest of the month and then come February. Yeah. I mean, devil's advocate, though. Just he is only 22 years old, but we've got like a four-year track record on him. You know what I mean? So I feel like this, it could be argued 
like a skeptical person would argue that just like how he'd been playing before like he dropped off is just is like was a was a blip on the radar you know what i mean it was it wasn't anything like oh it'd be starting a new trend but it could just be like a hot streak now he's just going back to being who he really is and i mean it's a shame because like i feel like in a, a recent episode maybe like even with dr khan we were talking about how like he's, he's playing himself it's kind of being like a like it'll be a question whether to keep him or not right but now it's just he's going back like you know like the month of January is young, so we played six games so far. But just looking at his basketball reference page right now, January his usage. Like I know we're we're non-experts, but I don't want to kind of dabble too much into that stat geek like kind of stuff, just because there's so many other NBA like, like reporters and whatnot out there that do lean on that a lot, and we're not those mm-hmm. guys. But it's just they're always good tools, right? So just looking at it, his usage rate went up crazy this year. It's 28, not not this year, but this month, January 28 percent up from 26% and just across the board, he's been way less efficient with it. 37% field goal percentage, 28% three-point percentage. It's just, it's just not been good, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's obviously ultimately good for us. We're at more L's, and right now it's a tight race between us and Chicago, I think. Um, I know Atlanta's been playing well, but yeah, I mean, not too much to complain about in terms of just where our team is, ha- like, headed. But I was I was happy that we beat the Lakers, uh, we came out hot against them. You seen that game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, poor Lakers. They lost to us and the Cavs, uh, and they almost lost to the Bulls. Uh, that would have been – that would have, like, <laughs> dropped them all the way down, shit. Uh, but the Cavs was demoralizing for the Lakers, and losing to the Knicks wasn't so great either. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy what's happened with the Lakers just because, look, like, it's the most games LeBron's missed ever. You know what I mean? I think when he first got to Cleveland, he took, what, two weeks – to just go to Miami and recover and stuff, but this is like an actual injury keeping him out. And like, guess what? He ain't a cyborg no more. I guess thirty-four years old, like age, like time is undefeated, right? But yeah. like, part part of me also thinks he's like LeBron, being a, a petty petty kind of guy. I would say I think that's a it's a fair mm-hmm. assessment. Maybe he's, he's just like kind of hanging back a little extra longer just to see which one, which which Lakers to trade away or not. You know what I mean? It is his call at the end of the day, right? Uh, we're definitely going to see the Lakers get traded. And later on when we get into the NBA, we're, you and I are going to talk about who we think should get traded on the Lakers. Um, but, but trade, trade, keyword trade, segue into our next segment. Yep. Smooth. You see how we did that? Mm. But mm-hmm. yeah, the holiday layoff didn't, uh, didn't make me too rusty, but yeah. <laughs> what trade are you about to talk about? Um. Uh, I think that's like the oper- like the key word of this uh, this episode. But uh, let's let's start from the from the most recent uh, from Woj regarding us directly is uh, apparently the the Knicks and the Kings were engaged in some like preliminary discussions about uh, trading Canner. As yours uh, truly Kings. predicted way back when a few weeks uh, a few episodes ago, I did predict this. You're right. You're right. Fair. That was a, that was a fair fair prediction. Just because like I the dumbass that I am, I overestimated the, the, the Kings, uh, smartness, you know, it's like the Kings will do King stuff. That's I'm pretty sure I threw that out there the, when you, when you made that prediction too, like I doubted you, but at the same time I was like, you know what? Kings could just go do Kings things. And, yep. Yeah. I mean, shit, if they want cancer, I'll be happy. Like throw us a couple second round picks and we'll take Zebo. Once a Nick, always a Nick, right? Yeah. Take him back. Now, I don't know. Uh, just, just look, checking out the canner trade market. 
it's always it's always interesting. Like, is it better to trade Canner when he does help the Knicks lose? Or I mean, of course, you know, you want the second round picks, but the second round picks aren't an option. You just get a player. At the end of the day, Canner is helping us get Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. Do we really want to trade the guy yet, or no? Um, fair point. Fair, very fair. Tanking is always is, is obviously the name of the game this this year. But and I know you've seen the numbers too. It's like the advanced numbers, like plus minus uh, net rating of different lineups, which is probably lingo most of our listeners won't realize or understand. But it's like. Pretty much a lot of the advanced numbers and regular numbers will bear out that uh, Cantor has a negative effect on, on the team whenever he steps on the court, despite, like, the, like, on the surface level, like, good box score numbers. But yeah, to your point, though, I feel like just getting rid of Cantor, I think the biggest thing would just be, like, getting some assets for, like, an expiring contract and, like, just two, like, opening up more playing space or uh, playing time for our young bigs. Because we got Cornette. He looked mad interesting. Like yep. uh, I kind of like what I've seen from him. Just, he looked like a bootleg KP, you know? And I feel like just watching K, like Cornette play, if you squint your eyes, you can see how, like, KP would fit into the offense, in a physical offense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Canner, Vonley, obviously, uh, Mitch Robinson. So we got three bigs. And when KP gets back, that's four bigs that um, we're getting to, like, make playing time for. So I think just getting rid of Cantor now for the deadline, we just a smart move to make just to get some assets and, I mean, I kind of feel for, like you, you know my feelings about Canner. I don't, I don't fuck with the basketball player, but I do feel for him what he's going through right now. Like that's the other Canner headline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you still had any more thoughts on the the King thing before we go over to uh, you know, cancer finding fighting. No, I mean like tyranny. if if we trade him for Zebo in a second rounder and we can get rid of Zebo and keep the second rounder and then make some more time for Kadeem Allen or some other G League player, I'm for it. I'll, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, and just develop, you know, some of the younger guys. But no, on your on the point that you were making with the whole <clears throat> Turkey calling for Ennis Canner's arrest, you know, you and I, we both don't really like how Canner plays on a basketball court. But of course, you know, we we have strong wishes for for Canner's safety, and just you know, we hope that you know everything is is okay, and he's he's always protected, and nothing goes wrong with that. Of course, nobody wants any of that to happen, and we uh, I have a lot of respect no for Canner for you know speaking out his thoughts, and um you know, his father was jailed. Uh, he hasn't spoken to his parents in three plus years, so um mm-hmm. and despite that, he's still you know stay, staying strong and still speaking out. So you know, lots of respect for for Ennis Canner for doing all that. Yeah, and fuck Hito Turkoglu for everything that's like that I've seen. He's, he's apparently a dickhead, but he's siding with like a uh, uh, whatever authority. Yeah, the yeah. authoritarian, authoritarian uh, dictator that runs Turkey. So uh, Turkoglu's a fucking brown noser, I guess. And he was, I think, he released a press state press statement just like shitting all over Cantor, saying he's delusional, he's a madman, he doesn't know what he's talking about. There's no way we would come at him. He's actually just shitting on our our country and shit, but. You know, typical typical propaganda you'd expect from a from the from a dictator, but yeah, it's crazy. Like, to, it, I feel like that would be a bigger headline if it was anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, there's an NBA player, a full grown NBA player, did not travel with the team because he was fearing assassination, and it's probably like was just a, on the ESPN ticker, not even like a major headline. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, much respect to Canner for what he said and well, how he's spoken out and you know, stood up for decency and just, you know, just wish that dude stay safe. You know what I mean? Like, there's a shit, there's a lot of shit bigger than basketball. Like, you know, a one man's life is obviously bigger. So Absolutely. Yeah. So, good luck, Ennis, uh, for all that. And we hope, you know, we wish the best for you.
yeah, I mean, while you're not with the team, just then while you're trying to stay safe and not get assassinated, just, I don't know, just go to YouTube, look up pick and roll defense. <laughs> throw that in there. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm just, just a suggestion. You can also go to Netflix, whatever works, whatever works. Uh, but no, I mean, <laughs> trade is a trade is a key topic, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. You're for training counter for tra- training counter to the Kings. Yeah, I mean, if we can if we can waive the player that comes with it and just develop our youth, and if that means we'll continue the lot racking up the losses, that's fine with me. I mean, this year's a little different. Um, uh, the uh the top the the bottom three teams get an equal opportunity to get the first round pick. I think it's I think it's fourteen percent. Um, so as long as the Knicks remain in the bottom three teams, uh, that's that's fine. But even yep. one one extra win could ruin all that, uh, so that's where the tank game mm-hmm. comes in, and that's it's a whole it's a whole war, man. Uh, we just gotta make sure we don't win extra games and then lose an opportunity to get you know a, an NBA altering player. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned waving Zebo. If we get him, you you're not down for Zebo, the veteran mentor, veteran leader, because he hasn't played at all for the Kings this season. Like mind you, like he's bas- he's basically been. I don't want to say happy, but like I haven't heard any reports of him being disgruntled or anything. So yeah, I feel like he's cool with just being like a on the bench, being a mentor. So should sure. a dude like Zebo having him around, you know, coaching up Mitch, like that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I keep him. Sure. He brings that toughness. Um, he's always been a grind kind of guy. He was part of that grind team, uh, for for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, he could bring that to New York, and I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure that'll be fine. I don't know how much the salary is, but it's not going to really last for for more than this season. Uh, yeah, I, I want to. Yeah. I want to talk about the other trade rumor that we're that's been going on right now, and there's a trade rumor for Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank uh, for a swap, or possibly if we if the Knicks include Tim Hardaway Jr., the the Mavericks will include uh, Wes Matthews' expiring contract. So, well, 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 well. I mean, let's to be fair, I don't think that's. That's not a report, but I was just like an idea. That it's a rumor, yeah. Throughout, or it's an throughout, idea. Yeah, throughout, yeah, it was like, there's no, no sources, no reports or anything like that. He was just like, yo, I, he threw out an idea, and like, I don't know, I was thinking on it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I've seen some Nick's Twitter. Shout out to Jonathan Macri. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen some uh, Nick's Twitter uh, folks uh, debating that today and yesterday. But, um, uh, but yeah, the, the official rumor drop from Woj is uh, the Orlando who doesn't have a point guard and Phoenix who also does not have a point guard are in discussions with uh, the Dallas Mavericks to uh, trade for Dennis Smith. Cause um, apparently um, I don't think it's like uh, they're soured on Dennis Smith, the player, but this, they just want to t- give the keys straight to uh, Luca. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause he's like Smith at this point, like in his, in his young career, he's like a ball dominant guy. And, you know, we've seen what Luca's doing with the ball in his hands and he's running shit. So it just makes more sense to get like getting guys that fit with him better. But so yeah, let's go back to uh, let's say hypothetically Tim Frank for Dennis Smith and uh, Wes Matthews. I got a feeling you not you not you on the side that'll say nah to that deal. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to let you speak your piece. Sure. I mean, this is no knock on Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I, I know you would rather have traded for him than Frank uh, uh, during the. Uh, 2017 I think 2017 draft uh you're Yeah, we basically yeah, we basically chose Frank over him. Which, yeah, you you, know, you wanted Dennis a little, Smith. Over a little Frank. salty. A little yeah. salty. Uh and I you mean, know no knock on Dennis Smith. Uh he's still he's almost as young as Frank. He's at the end of the day it's hard to judge young kids, but um 
I've I've made this point several times, and something that the Knicks have always lacked in is a competent defender who's a guard. And I believe that Frank Nilakina has a potential to be an All NBA defensive uh, team for many years, and that's something that the Knicks haven't had in who knows how long, right? And Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. he could be kind of like Tim Hardaway in a way. He'll just be inefficient. Um, he'll be wildly athletic. He'll be he'll have the nice dunk occasionally. But if he's if the if the Mavericks, who are a smart team, are trying to trade him away right now and see what his market could be, then that's that doesn't speak too well of Dennis Smith right now. But again, uh, I understand that he's a young player. But right now, I'm more high on Frank, and I think Frank would be more important to creating a more successful Knicks team than Dennis Smith Jr. He just he just fits with everybody, especially our franchise player in Chris Das Porzingis. I think Frank fits much better. He's a passing player. He's unselfish. He's yeah. extremely unselfish. And Dennis Smith Jr., I don't know his personality too well. I don't know if he's disgruntled or he if he's disgruntled with Luka Doncic, so I want to make that a point. Um I think it's just an internal decision. I think it's like Dennis got anything yeah. to do with this. Like that's not what's been rewarded, you know. I yeah. think it's just Dallas. He just like, yo, Luca's. This is the best way to maximize him and right, get it right. floor. But yeah, I have no idea what well. Dennis's uh, personality is like. But what I do know for sure is that Frank is 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 selfless, and you need players like that on a team. He doesn't have to be a franchise player. He doesn't need to be a superstar. But he he's gonna be that role player who's selfless, who's gonna push the team to be successful. Kristaps uh, could be the franchise player. If we get a marquee free agent, could be the superstar, also a franchise player. And next year's draft pick, which will be a top three, top four player, will be a significant role player. And so will Kevin Knox. And Frank could be that fifth piece that's necessary to really go the distance. I feel you. I mean, none of this is to like uh, just be down on Frank in any way, just to denigrate his potential. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like I do feel like that two-way potential is there and. You go back to any scouting report. I feel like it's like people have short memory, but like any scouting report at the time of the 2017 draft would tell you Frank was a project. It would take multiple years, and we're just in, literally in his second year. Like it hasn't even been two years since we drafted him. So like people that just want to throw Frank in the trash, period, and not even just include him in a trade like this. Like that's like we already touched on it in an early episode, but it's just dumb. You're stupid. Like it, yeah, like Frank was gonna be a project anyway when we got him. But in in ter- in terms of this hypothetical trade, there's some factors you got to consider. At least in terms of logistically. So Wes Matthews, expiring contract. Tim Hardwell, we already know about his contract. You know? Like, I think this is his second year with us. Sucker, he got two more. And that, that second, his last year in his year was a player option. So, I mean, we've been talking about 2019 summer free agency. The Knicks have been through reports and just, like, they've been visible about, like, their interest in the, being players in 2019 free agency. So just trade that trade, I feel like, if you're going to look at it objectively, you got to say we're trading two lottery point guards for each other and one like big contract for an expiring one. And like what Bill Simmons is saying that I kind of do feel in terms of just his reasoning for why Dallas would do it. Like, like Frank would be a better fit in terms of like as a young player next to Luca, you know what I mean? Like now ball dominant, defensive oriented, self selfless, say all the reasons that you want to keep him. And Tim Hardy would just be like a, a modern day, like no, 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 like a present day upgrade over Wes Matthews. Like Wes Matthews, I feel like he once had a reputation as an elite defender, and I feel like he's still decent in that regard. But and you know, Tim's just at his best, he's inconsistent. But just like offensively, he's just such a good like fit with Luca spotting up um, in transition, um, being like a secondary playmaker. It would be such a good fit for, for Dallas. But I think that's the main reason, or. If I'm 50-50 on this deal, I think that would be the one of the main reasons that I would 
consider it or why I'm considering right now is just like clearing up money for the summer so we have like a more elbow room to just make a splash. You know what I mean? Like I think we're if we don't trade Lee or Tim Hardaway and we keep KP's like cap hold for the summer, we have thirty million in cap and to, we got to get rid of Lee or Hardaway, mm-hmm. preferably both to get like a max contract for KD. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like trading Tim Hardaway is uh, the key to make sure we got enough money to get KD in here. Then like, well, you got to do that. And at the, at the end of the day, once we get KD, like the whole trajectory of the team changes because you're not going to be in development mode anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be about getting the right pieces that fits next to KD and, uh, and KP, you know? And, that's down the line, but I think that's why I would do the deal. Just in terms of like, I'm higher. Like, I love Frank. Frank's a Frank's a little baby boy, but you also got to consider just just the way that Frank's been being used this season. Like, I know like Fizz, we, we give him that praise for how he's handled the, like the team and shit. But I feel like there's a certain way he wants his point guards to play, and that's like aggressive. You know what I mean? Attacking. Like that's why he he's giving Moody more leeway because like regardless of how sloppy and like inefficient he is, he'll. They'll always attack the paint and shit. And I think that's what Dennis Smith's game is. You look at his numbers, his shooting numbers are up the season. So I just feel like he's he's only, what, a year older than Frank? He's only 21. So it's like that potential is there for him to get untapped as well. And I just – it's like the money thing, and it's just like I don't – at this point, I don't feel like they're upside in terms of uh, – it, it's fair to say it's not that far off, like Frank and Dennis Smith, because I also feel like like you said, Frank could grow most likely scenario grows into like just a great role player, you know, like an oversized George Hill or like, like to me, best case scenario, he's like a bigger version of like Drew Holiday. And we saw what Drew did in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. But Dennis Smith, I feel like he, he's just like, to me, the prototype of what, like what you want in like a modern, like all-star attacking guard. You know what I mean? Like he gets that Derek Rose comparison and like people like, obviously there's, there's obviously divided opinion on Derek Rose and just, he gets clowned a lot for the injuries. But like at his time, he was like just an attacking guard, you know what I mean? Like, and Smith, from everything I saw in, at North Carolina State, he was my guy that draft, bro. I've seen so many NC State games, and I don't probably only seen, like, two in my life before that season, but I just saw, like, a like he, he could attack on the pick and roll, get a pull-up jumper. He um, wasn't, like, the greatest passer, but he could make, like, the basic reads, and I feel like with coaching, he, his coach, his, his passing will get better just because the best way to attack a defense, I feel like, is just having a guy that could break it down and attack the rim. You know what I mean? And, like, he's already showing that skill. And it's just, like, a tough fit with him with Luca over there just because they're both ball-dominant guys and, like, Luca's just so much more of a better prospect. But I think that's my two cents on it. Like, you know? Like, yeah. I could see where you're coming from, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I, know, I, I just, do it. I've just been sitting and thinking this whole time. And, you know, it's – is it is it – like, I, I understand you might want to trade – Frank for Dennis Smith and the expiring contract to get a chance at Kevin Durant, but also is it worth the risk of losing Frank if you if it's a gamble to get Kevin Durant? I understand it's worth a gamble to get Kevin Durant, but if you do get Kevin Durant and Dennis Smith Jr. is on a team and you draft, say, like R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson and you have KP, there's only so many touches that, can, that the ball can get, right? And Dennis Smith Jr. needs touches to be effective in the game. Frank does not. Uh, it's just like... It, I, I think Kevin... the thing is that you could make Dennis Smith like the second unit like scorer though. You know what I mean? Like say like like knock on wood, we get KD. Like we gonna keep him. Like like if Dennis is gonna stay on the roster, and we're gonna let go of Moody, let go of Burke. He'll he'll get the ball in the second unit. And he'll be able to flourish in terms of that way. I think. You Who's know? the guard? Who's gonna be the guard then? To, the point to guard, re- I mean, that, 
that I mean that's the thing, right? We'll see wh- whoever we get in free agency. I mean, you never know, right? Like I know Rondo's gonna be a free agent. We could get him for a veteran man. Like it's it's tough to see because like what the biggest thing is like to get the big fish and everything after that, everything will fall into place. You know what I mean? Right. But in terms of just like losing like Frank, it's like I think that's the point. Like you you're creating two lottery point guard talents. You know what I mean? So like yeah whatever potential Frank would have, you would lose that, but you gain Dennis Smith's potential and financial flexibility this summer to make a splash. I think that's just optimal for us. Right. And the present day, I think that'll be optimal for Dallas, but that's just my way to see it. And I could definitely see like the attachment of Frank, but just, I don't know, man, it's tough. Like, it is. and I know you're not as big as a Dennis Smith guy as me, but just, you got uh, no, like, to, on, on, on my, like, yeah, on my stance, I, I hope that they can get rid of, I, I hope they can trade away Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee a different way uh, without getting rid, getting rid of Frank, but they do get rid, rid of Frank to get rid of Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee so they could have enough cap space to sign a marquee free agent. I would understand. I would be happy, but I'd understand. I would I would accept it. You know, I wouldn't think it's like a blasphemous, Nickish-ass decision. I'd be, I'd be like, all right. Right. I think I've seen somewhere Steve Mills said um... – and one of the recent, uh, I don't know if it was a radio interview or if it was like a press conference, but he says how like get intimated that they have deals lined up if they do feel like they they need to open up that ex, uh, cap space. So maybe they already got like some some stuff in the works that they're not ready to pull the trigger on yet because they just want to be sure. Like as, the closer we get to free agency day by day, they want to be sure if we get to to make those trades. You know what I mean? Right. But just like KD is obviously the goal of the summer. Like. It's, I have, I have a buddy that I just like to talk to recently. He doesn't even follow basketball like that, but he even he said like, "Yo, it seems obvious we're gonna get KD in summer. We as in the next." And I was just like, "Yo, don't be quiet. Don't, don't, don't throw that at." Yeah, shit, man. I was about to <laughs> about to throw my phone out the window. It's like, nope, I did not just see that text. But um, don't want to jinx anything. But yeah, I mean that's the goal, right? So to put us in a position to do that, I mean as good as uh like Tim's just been playing under the pressure he's been this season, just being that pseudo number one option, like. We gotta get rid of like we gotta get rid of either him or Lee mm-hmm. to get KD, and I just feel like Tim's got a be- bigger salary, and then like I think he's more of an appealing asset just because you know Courtney's a, a lot older, he hasn't been as good this season, and mm-hmm. and honestly I wouldn't even mind keep like, if we could get rid of Tim Hardaway, I wouldn't mind keeping Lee on the roster because at that point we already have the money for uh, for KD. I I believe, or a max three, you know what I mean? And I feel like Courtney Lee is a good role player to have if you bring in a superstar, you know? Right. So but hey, it's interesting, you know? Like, right. So another player that is uh, that we have to consider being traded is Noah Vonley right now. And um, because of his contract situation, it was un- he got an unguaranteed contract with the Knicks uh, when they signed him last summer. So because with that in mind, if the Knicks want to re-sign him next season – he, the only the most they can offer is a twenty percent increase from what they currently offered him in his contract, which would mean that Vonley would get basically a two million dollar contract with the Knicks for them to keep him. So, based off the way Noah Vonley's been playing, I I think you and I would both agree that he'll definitely get a bigger offer on another team. So, as amazing mm-hmm. as it would be to picture Vonley playing with KP, they'd be a perfect combination together at at the four and five. Do you do you agree with me that it's time to trade Vonley? I know the 76ers reportedly are interested in trading for him. It's tough. It's just cold hard truth. I mean, the same reasoning I use for like the the Frank and uh, Tim Hardaway for uh, Dennis Smith hypothetical. 
I don't want to do it, but it just makes sense to get rid of Vonley. Because at the end of the day, if we do want to keep him, give him the money that he's he's earned the season the summer, we we're only within our rights. I think, like you said, we're only can give him over twenty percent. But if we want to give him a bigger offer, we'd have to eat into cap space that we're saving for mm-hmm. next free agent, right? So at that point, obviously we talk about Vonley as like a backup option, but I don't think we'll get the chance for him to be, be a backup option, right? If we're wrapped up in trying to get KD or Kyrie or whoever another team could just come in and scoop up finally and like that that's a wrap we just lost it from nothing and we saw him flourish here right so uh, yeah i would definitely if philly comes knocking and they're just like yo we'll give you a protected first round pick for uh for finally like yeah shit man do that shit you know what i mean like it sucks but i think that's the whole point like that's i feel like that's one of the most underrated uh, uh aspects of like all those like former lottery picks we signed over the summer because if we signed so many of them if like one or two of them popped you could uh, you either have a keeper on your hands or you have an asset that you could tr- that could flip for more assets. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is best case scenario with Vonley, right? It's cruel. It's fucked up, and I would hate to see it before we get a chance to see him and like KP together because that fit is so good, bro. But I know Philly's debts were for depth, and he would really and Vonley would really help him. So I'd do it. You know, like I don't know if I'd do it for like some like a second round pick or just two second round picks because I think that's what we got for for uh, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez and. Finally, I'll produce him by a lot, you know, mm-hmm. at least that's and the stage. It would only be wishful thinking to think that uh, Vonley would want to stay with the Knicks and take the big pay cut to play for Fisdale, who did reinvigorate his career with the the way he's been playing him. But absolutely, that would be wishful thinking. That shit's not going to happen. Super wishful thinking. Yeah. Let me borrow your lamp real quick, Magic Genie lamp. Cause <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm down to trade uh, Vonley if a team comes knocking and they're just desperate to have him. Yeah. You know, he's... <laughs> He's up to me. It's just like he's not like a superstar or anything, but I feel like he's been our overall best player of the season, just in terms of defense, his rebounding. He's showing his skills. You know what I mean? Like he can handle the ball a little bit. He's definitely handling the ball more this year than he ever did before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shooting like what forty percent from three. Like I can only tell you a few attempts per game, but that's kind of wild. You got like, a nice form. So. A rebound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a rebounding big man with a jumper that can kind of like handle the ball a little bit. Um, play defense in terms of just like positionally and kind of slide. He he moves his feet really well for for a big man. Like when he gets switched on to like smaller guys, like it's not like lockdown Draymond shit, but like you could tell like because he did put in a lot of work over his body reportedly. Like I think ESPN put a, a piece about how he rededicated himself this summer because you know he was desperate and you could tell he's, he's dude is built like a brick. You know what I mean? A brick house shit. Yep. And that's Vonley. We talked about Moutier. So there's the other guy, uh, the other lottery pick that um, the Knicks picked up last season, Mario Hazonia. And we gotta, I, I got to give him a shout-out because the last five games, five, six games, he's been really putting in the work uh, defensively and offensively. Um, you know, in, in the Indiana game, he had five steals. Uh, he had a block, too. And in the last five games, he's had at least one steal, and most of them were two-plus. He had three and three against Portland and Golden State, two against Philly, and he's scoring threes, and he's not scoring that inefficiently. He was seven for twelve in one game, five for ten in another game. So, what do you what are your thoughts on Hazonia now? Because we we wrote him off last episode, episode before that. Um, yeah. If I mean, we're if we're gonna get rid of Vonley and if if Moutier, because I know in another episode we were thinking like oh between Vonley and Moutier we would keep Vonley but right now it seems like we can't keep Vonley so we're probably gonna have to sign Moutier and keep him if he if he sustains his December level of productivity but would you sign Hazonia for you know 
two three million dollars a season to to be on, I think, on I the think bench it's, it's the same i think it's the same restriction though like it says that we could only give him a 20 percent raise like all of these okay. guys like other than moody i don't because like uh his only signed on one year deal with this i think like the the nba cba there's some like restrictions and rules you know like we're not the podcast for that you know? wait <laughs> you know no I mean? no but, he actually I, I gotta double check on that but i know he had like a six million dollar deal um, yeah, so, so we can only offer him like what seven million? Next basically, I'm like, I'm I mean, and I, math. yeah, and I'm saying like two, three million because he, he, I don't, I don't know if he can get six million um, at this point. He's gonna be 24 soon. He's gonna be 24 next month. Um, so he's he's hit that threshold where it's like, okay, you're not that young anymore. Um, we kind of we kind of have an idea of what your game is like. So maybe he'll get like four or five million, but. Do you think he's? Uh, I I don't know if I would say he's produced enough to to have earned that contract. I think he just he just been he just had the case of playing well a few games, but I think based on what we've seen from the remain for the for the rest of the season earlier, he I don't think he's earned that contract yet. I mean, he's always. I think it's just he's he's still a tease to me. You know what I mean? Like he does some nice things. Like you see uh, Mario just makes a nice pass. You're like, all right, this. This guy's got like some real like like basketball IQ to him. You know what I mean? And you see like some head scratching plays and shit. Um, he's definitely not like a consistent shooter or scorer yet. Or I don't know. I mean, I just, I could definitely see the argument in bringing him back as like a worst case scenario. We strike out in the free agency, just you know, bring up bring back another intriguing piece. But it's also just like like the top five of this draft is filled with wings, right? So if we bring in another wing, like I I don't see the point in keeping Mario around. To give him like playing time, we good. But we got like, say we get any of the Duke big three, like RJ, Zion, or a Cam. We got mm-hmm. one of those guys. We got Dotson. Uh, we presumably might still have Tim Hardaway. Uh, Frank's been getting minutes at the small forward. Uh, Trier, he plays shooting guard. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys already there that like will require playing time at the wing. I mean, Knox obviously is the big one, you know. Um, there's, there's a lot of guys, and I don't, I don't know. I want to keep Mario. I, I think I'll let him pass because I haven't seen enough yet. You know what I mean? I think it's just like he might be having like a better year than he ever did at Orlando, but not not by much. You know what I mean? Like he's not blowing doors off. You know what I mean? He's not out there like dropping buckets every night. Or if he did have that crazy dunk on Giannis, so shit, might as well keep him. Fuck it. Keep him. Put his, ra- put his jersey up in the Raptors. <laughs> fuck it. Give him ownership stake. Uh, I'm slipping. My bad, Mario. I I don't you know, man. Be- between you and me, I think this is gonna be the last season we see him in the NBA. To be honest, uh, I think this is the best we can get out of him right now. I think he's he's way too streaky of a scorer, and that's all he is—just a scorer. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think he's gonna be in Europe next season. That's big Europe me. or China. You think Steph He'll... Steph Marbury will recruit? No. Nah. I think he's gonna he's gonna go to Europe. Might play for like the Spanish league or something. Or maybe he'll get a chance to play in the summer league, but I don't know. <laughs> I think this was his this was his chance to really put it together the way Vali and Moutier did, but I don't know. We'll see. And then, I don't know. Like, I, shit, man, we're we're very rusty because we keep seeing I don't know every other end. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we're not experts here. <laughs> we just talk. Yeah, but we should at least you know be able to put on put on a front like we know how to speak the English language. But yes, <laughs> words, senses, let's put them together. Um, yeah, Moutier. So, I mean, he has it. He's just coming down to earth so, like, drastically. I don't even think it's that. Because, like, you keep bringing up Moutier's been playing well. He's, like, showing out. But, you know, with violence, it's been consistent. You know what I mean? From, like, beginning to end, he's just really been balling out. Moutier had that 
played like ass in the beginning, got benched, came back, went on a hot streak, and now it's just like he's going back to being who he was. So, you know, I want to – I don't think uh, we can make any definitive, state, definitive statements about how well Moody's been playing because I think, like, right now we're seeing him turn back into a pumpkin. He really hasn't been that bad the last five seasons, especially compared to the beginning of the season before, right before he got DMP'd. He's been. I mean, I'm just looking at his, his uh, January. I mean, I've been looking at his January splits, bro. He's he's literally playing like one of the worst players in the league right now, like a 37 percent field goal percentage. Like, it's pretty bad in January. Yeah. But I I, I, I mean, just think that's a testament to the to the road games. Well, I I feel like we. Well, yeah, that's that's also a thing to hear. That, that like, is important, uh, right? Not yeah. PK, not. He, he maybe he was feasting, and he was going on a kind of a shooting hot streak, and he was feasting into like a weak competition. Now it's just like the schedule picks up, and he's turning back into a pumpkin. So, you know, I mean, we'll see, but I, I doubt it. I feel like this is the mood here. We're gonna we're gonna come to recognize, and he's he's we're gonna let him go the summer, you know, like or let him walk in the summer. Because uh, he is a restricted free agent, and so we could give him a qualifying offer and match any offer. But I think we'll do that just to free up the cap space. Um, yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll pick it back up, but uh, it, it's doubtful to me, you know. Yeah. Um. So moving, you know, moving moving along, I want to talk about your your local team, the Wizards, who have been playing a lot better. So. Brad- Don't move it out, or you want to talk about KP real quick? Not to cut you off. KP. Our oh, big, oh our, yeah, our no, my bad. I did forget about. <laughs> I did forget about a franchise player. So, apologize right now. I, I'm apologize. sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. When, no, nothing against you, KP. The Knicks all love you. There's no, there's no beef here. Nothing wrong. You will be part of the team. And yeah, what's going on with KP? I don't know. It was a foolhardy effort at her apology right there, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> I'll accept it on KP's behalf, but. Yeah, so apparently um, Howard Beck of Bleacher Report, uh, he was on Knicks. Uh, he was a Knicks beat writer for about six, seven years. So he's, he's kind of familiar. He's not kind of familiar, but he's very familiar with the ins and outs of the, the Knicks, and he probably has man sources in the organization. But uh, he was saying on one of his recent podcasts that uh, I think it was with Zach Lowe, he, he had not reported, but he had heard that uh, the Knicks kind of want to sit KP out for the rest of the season. Not kind of, but that's like one of their – What's, what's been flowing around. They want to sit him for the rest of the season, obviously, to optimize the tank. And KP wants to play, and KP's people wants to play, and it's like kind of a it's like a little beef brewing. Like, that's what he was trying to give up. But he didn't, like, report anything definitively. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just see – and then, like, now you, you just hop on the Real GM, you know, uh, headlines, and it says uh, Knicks would like KP to play the season if he's ready. And to me, that's also kind of – careful language you know what i mean like if he's ready like ready by whose standard you know what i mean like the knicks standard or kp standard because if cape if the knicks want to just keep tanking like i could definitely see them holding him out for the whole season or maybe just bring him back for like the last week or two of the season but yeah apparently that might be kind of a kind of an issue moving forward and i i think it's just like not that big a deal you know like it, it just it just wouldn't I think obviously the bigger conversation is whether this will upset KP and he'll want to like make his way out. But yo, there's no player as talented as he is at the end of his contract, at the end of his rookie contract that took the qualifying offer, the one year offer, and then went back in free agency a year later. You know what I mean? And we're talking about a big man that just came off a torn ACL. So to me, like just looking at it harshly in black and white, KP's ours for at least the next three years. You know what I mean? It's just, 
to me doesn't make any sense. Like I don't think there's any worry about him being upset and leaving. But what's your take on on the whole KP uh, brouhaha that's been stern? I mean, it's it's something that we need to be careful about, especially since the Knicks they the Kristaps Porzingis like family. Uh, his agents are his are his brothers, and they all speak you know as one. And they had problems with the Knicks organization prior to Scott Perry joining in with Phil Jackson trying to trade away Kristaps uh, Porzingis and. Uh, uh, you know that that regime isn't there any longer, but I'm sure there is still some distaste that still remains. Possibly, you know, this is just me speculating completely. Um, but w- we've seen Kristaps be upset with the team organization not that long ago, and if he right. feels if he feels like he should mm-hmm. he should be playing to show that he is still a baller, and he's thinking about his money, and he's thinking about what he could possibly get as a restricted free agent as, as an offer, um, or you know, possibly in the future. Then it is something to think about. It's not something that I wouldn't brush away as like, nah, it's just like you know, it's it's just it's. I it's, mean, it's just I whatever it's news. Me. But I, I I do think it's something to to be considered. Um, but yeah, no, you're about to say something. No, I was just gonna say it's also gotta be considered that like you like. Pizdo is our coach, right? And like from everything I've seen, him and KP's is just like they're like brosifs right now, like broskies, like they they buddies and shit. Like Kate, like Fizdale was saying to like the I think it was I saw it on ESPN New York how he's seeing uh, our assistant coach work out with KP in the gym, and Fizdale's just like walking by and he's like closing his eyes because he doesn't want to like see that. He doesn't want to see a seven foot beast playing because it's just like yo, damn, I gotta wait on this kid. You know what I mean? Because he knows that he's got a beast like waiting. You know what I mean? And then I think KP was saying, like, yeah, close, close your eyes, you know what I mean, like, playfully. So, like, I think that's a good rapport right there. Yeah. And just, like, there might be, like, obviously, like, when, when money's evolved, you know, like, fucking the cash was everything around me, right? Like, just, like, basic, just basic economics. He's, he's, he, he will have a, he might be a little upset. Like, he might fudge his huggies a little bit, get his get his panties in a twist about, like, yo, I want to play, I want to ball out, I want to get, like, some big-time restrictive raging offers. But I feel like, just like just last like the last couple of years, like the Nets been throwing mad big offers at restricted free agents. Like they haven't signed any of them, but like teams out there will throw big offers. You know what I mean? Like these are like lesser known guys. Like KP's like I think it's well established. He's a, he's our franchise guy, and whatever team would want him, they would see him as a franchise guy. Like did you see that report about like the Spurs would be interested in KP? Like yep. shit, I'd be interested in Dayton Rihanna, but too bad, <laughs> ain't gonna happen. Regardless. Yeah, I mean, but, there uh, another point I want to make is those subtle. I can only think of one example right now, but there are subtle moments where you you know you kind of raise an eyebrow. Like for example, when Fizdale said a few months ago that uh, KP is not even sprinting, and Przingis immediately uh, put up a video of him sprinting. It's just like mm-hmm. like we don't we don't know what it's like to be an NBA player. We don't know we, we don't understand what that's like. But I'm sure you know if he's being if he feels like they're holding him back and he wants to play, then there might be some form of uh, animosity possibly growing, you know, just and I and I mean, a- a- emphasis on the possibly, you know, like, yeah, um, okay, if we don't know uh, as far as I know, as far as we know, what we've seen, uh, Chris House has a great personality, he's all about the team and he's all about growing and developing, but he's a competitor and he wants to play. That's that's his number one. He's like Kobe. If if Kobe is held back from playing when he knows he can play, he's gonna get upset. And Kristaps, I think. I think any person regularly would look more for themselves over the team. You can't always be team first over you. 
especially if you haven't played for a year and you know you're better than everybody playing on mm-hmm. the court and you want to mm-hmm. show that off. So again, we you and I have never been in that position to feel that or to experience that, but um, I still think that there's still possibility for animosity growing within uh, Przingis against the Knicks. I definitely feel you, but I feel like it's just a minor scale of animosity and just just like with that sprinting thing, like Fizdale just as soon as that like KP posted like that that snap or whatever of him actually sprinting, Fizdale actually came out the next day and said like, "Yo, that was my bad. Like I I wasn't like I haven't seen the latest report that it, like how he's doing or whatever." So like Fizdale put that blame on him, said called himself a dummy, I think. So I think that was just a minor thing that just you could sweep away under the rug, but. Like I, no, like I definitely 100 percent feel like that's a legit thing. Like yeah, any player, he's, they're players, bro. They want to play. You know what I mean? Like if he, if he feels healthy, he feels like he's getting stronger. He wants to play. But at the end of the day, I don't think this is gonna be a big contention point. Like regardless of whatever happens, KP's gonna get his money this summer one way or the other, uh, be it directly from us or be it directly from another franchise that offers him like uh, a contract and restricted free agency. Restricted free agency. But I think the biggest thing with that animosity is just like making sure it only stays like an isolated like instance of animosity you know what i mean like i think you brought this up before we start recording but just like contract negotiation negotiation negotiations or whatever my bad forgot how to speak new year new me my bad <laughs> but All yeah good. contract negotiations the shit that that stuff gets testing you know what i mean like i think it was a couple summers ago like we were just talking about gordon gordon hayward when he was a restricted free agent in uh 2014 yeah um he signed an offer with charlotte it was like a four-year offer fourth-year player option and uh, Utah matched it, but apparently that that was like one of the things that Gordon Hayward was just like salty about for the next couple of years. And then it actually, I think I read something in the summer of 2017. It actually played a role in him wanting to just dip. Mm-hmm. Like it was like it was like okay, like you guys are gonna believe me in me back then. I'm gonna just take this big deal with this other team, like you know. But I think just to circle back, that's the thing we gotta avoid. Just like making sure if there's any kind of like like yo he's he's kind of peeping and playing just make sure it's just like an isolated thing you know talk to him communicate it feels like that open line of communication is there just whatever deal we sign with the summer make sure the the duration of that deal like i think we mentioned it before like once kp signs his new contract with us this summer like the contact's on you know what i mean like that's when the the game clock starts ticking and we just gotta build our team and make sure our franchise is healthy enough to make him want to stay for his third contract you know what i mean yeah so i think that's down the road but yeah, I mean, right now it's it's something to watch. It's, it's like a cliche that NBA analysts you like use a lot. Like, oh, that's it's something to watch. But yeah, it's a little thing. Like, it's How like many games tip. would you want him to play for if you were if you were his coach or one of the GMs on the Knicks? Because at the same time, it's kind of you know, it's a it's a lost season. We want to rack up as many losses as possible. So, and you also don't want him to you know, God forbid, re-injure himself. But you also want to consider possibly showing him off for the free agency uh, members, and to show that Chris Osprezing is as good as he as he ever was, and just to shut up the doubters against him. I think it's important to kind of show. I I, I do believe it's important for Chris Osprezing to play this season because we have two targets: we have free agency, we have the draft, and for the free agency market, I'm sure they're gonna to want to pay attention to the franchise player and see how well he's doing. And I think it's important to show. Kristaps play, but it's also important to think about how many games you wanted to play for. Uh, no doubt. What do no you doubt. What do you think? You think he should just play for the last two weeks, three weeks? Would Kristaps be upset by that? But you know, or just um, completely shut him off for the season and just end that whole back and forth between the the KP camp and the Knicks. 
I mean, first off, I want to say that's that's like a like a good point. Like, it's definitely like I feel like all NBA players know each other. You know what I mean? And just the big free agent we're looking forward to this summer, KD. He's the one that gave KP his nickname. You know, like the unicorn nickname. So I think he's very familiar with uh with KP. But it's also like it's fair. You know, like they want to know if they're signing up to join this franchise. They want to know what our best franchise player has to offer. So like I'm not. I'm not like 100% in on holding him out for the season just because like I feel you on that. That's that's definitely a thing. We want to see how far like how he looks, whether he looks the same, um, whether he's like a good enough player. He's still back on that trajectory to become what we all thought he could be, just like a fucking superstar. You know what I mean? So like, my I think what I go back to is just like obviously his injury wasn't as as serious as this guy, but like remember when Paul George just pretty, completely shattered his leg? Yep. You know what I mean? And they sat him out for the whole season, but then they brought him back for like the last. 10 or 15 I think mm-hmm. it was probably not even that much but I think that would be a good baseline maybe 10 to 15 games bring him back at the end of the season um, let him get his legs under him so he can go into the summer with some momentum like knowing like alright this is how I look on the court right now this is what I need to uh, work on or strengthen over the summer um, to get back strong you know what I mean and get that big contract but yeah I think that's how much I would play him but what do you think you want do you want to bring him back sooner no as little games as possible but just enough to convince everybody that he's great so 10 to 15 games sounds just about right to me. Sure, you can come back for just a halftime performance, flash that nice million-dollar smile. That'd be enough for free agents. <laughs> Definitely know it's enough for me. Shit. <laughs> that boy handsome as hell, man. But, yeah, moving on. Uh, yeah. So, all right, so back to the, the – <laughs> All right, back to the topic, topic that I wanted to get into, and that was the Wizards. Uh, mostly, mostly Bradley Beal, who is – you know, averaging 28 points per game right now, and he had a triple-double last game. Um, and the last five games, he's been averaging 32, 7, and 5. So he's not much of a guy. He's not known to be a guy to dish out assists, but now he's had to with John Wall gone. Um, and to further move into it, maybe he's a player that the Lakers might want to consider trading for if Anthony Davis isn't available or if he somehow ends up on another team. Uh, who knows? But, you know, what? what's the thoughts on your, your local Wizards? My wizards. Your wizards. Not my wizards. I was talking about your nets first, huh? Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm right there. <laughs> twisting the knife. But they're playing better than the wizards, but they're not my nets at all. I've never gone close to the nets like that. What about your spurs, though? Yeah, that's right. That was that was my <laughs> team. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had my momentary uh-huh. happiness of, you know, having a quote-unquote championship with the spurs. Uh, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your well, thoughts yeah, on Beal? I mean... I forget, I always loved Beal. Like coming into that draft, the 2012 draft, that he's just besides AD, I think he was my favorite player in that draft. Like that's not even just some like humble bird shit. I just really liked his player because I thought, well, I personally thought just because I thought he would be like an Eric Gordon clone, but he's become so much better than that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's why I like him as a prospect, just because like I like those like athletic, uh, smooth shooting guards that can uh, you know break down a defense, um, not be a primary facilitator, but just like be able to like make make plays for others um i think that's what he's ball he's like right now there's like no shackles on him like he is the franchise guy now right now right now right like john wall ain't there i think even Otto porter is playing a lot better right now it's like they're playing the they're passing the ball around better there's like better ball movement and uh like yeah i'm talking what bill's doing i think it the way he's playing right now if he keeps it up it'll be a shame if he ain't become the all-star or become an all-star for the east but i know right now it's just the all-star voting has been, been interesting. You catch that? Like, fucking Donkic got, Donchich got Donchich. more votes than KD. Yeah. And D-Rose is up there, too. Well, shit, man. D-Rose stands like cockroaches. You can't get rid of them. Like, but, 
<laughs> it's always interesting. I think it's just good that like I think it was just last year or the year before the NBA made it so like the fan vote only counts fifty percent of like the starters and like the other fifty percent is like the players and the media. So yeah. that's good. Open balance because. I'll be trying to see D Rose in the starting lineup with the fucking play- oh, the All Star game, bro. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, thoughts. I thought KD was kind of salty about Luca. Yeah, bro, I I would in be. the starting. I mean, Luca, no <laughs> doubt. I think he he's a future MVP, but um, he doesn't. Oh, bold. It's bold a take. very very bold prediction, but shit, I I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me when I say that. He's just he's just taking it to a whole nother level right now and i don't think anybody was mm-hmm. expecting him to do it this fast but that's besides the point um the uh i, I mentioned beal to talk about the lakers because the lakers have been a shit team and they definitely need to make a trade to not waste lebron's you know la- one of his last few seasons in the nba right now who i mean what do you do you think beal should even be considered i mean obviously you should be considered but mostly who would you rather trade if you were magic johnson right now or any knicks front uh, sorry not knicks lakers front office right now basically lebron james um if you who would you who would you try to get rid of at this point well my biggest thing right now is with the lakers just to take a step back i feel like a lot of people like obviously lebron is lebron so any team that gets him Boom, boom, big boost in terms of like the predictions with their wins and shit. But I feel like people really overrated that Lakers roster. So a lot of commentators, a lot of like uh, legitimate sports analysts and whatnot say like, oh, this is more like besides Kevin Love on the Cavs, this is more talent overall than LeBron's had in Cleveland. I'm like, no, I mean, the, they they signed a bunch of washed up vets and they got a lot of young players. Like the whole team is just like either old washed up guys um, or a bunch of young guys that are barely old enough to drink or just became of drinking age you know what i mean and like young teams like as we know being knicks fans especially this year they struggle you know and they they've been playing like ass without lebron right so i think a lot of people are getting down on the young players i still have a lot of like hope for the potential of brent brandon ingram uh, i think lonzo is a, is a special level of passer you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's showing pretty he's pretty feisty on defense you know kuzma just gets buckets yeah like he don't really do much else well but he gets buckets so i just think Going back to your own point, just with Beal, or going back to your question, rather, I think just they wouldn't make that deal right now just because they want to save the money for the summer. I think that's been their grand plan. You know what I mean? Like, they had a big plan last summer. They only got LeBron, so kind of wanted to get LeBron as a consolation prize. But, yeah, this summer, I think if they were to make a Beal trade, it would fuck up their money for the summer. I don't see that happening. I think this summer, their biggest focus, not even just before the summer, is to make sure they get AD. And, uh, you know, you've seen those connections, right? AD signed with uh, Clutch Sports, obviously owned by uh, LeBron's boy, Rich Paul, who also yep. happens to be LeBron's agent as well, which is kind of wild the NBA ain't, ain't investigate that because that seemed kind of shady, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's AD's agent as well, Rich Paul. So I think that's, like, people are tying, like, AD to the Lakers, and I think we didn't record or we didn't record or mention this because we didn't record since then, but, you know, obviously LeBron mentioned, like, it would be wonderful to play with AD. Um, because the reporter asked him, and we know how LeBron's like. At this point, it's obvious. Like with whatever LeBron puts out publicly, through the media, through social media, um, you know, shit like that. It's it's all strategic. So I think he did that just to put pressure on the, like the young players and the Lakers, and to also like let Magic Johnson and Rob Plinka know that yo, like 
we need to get a superstar in here because he's at, he's 34. Like you can tell right now, father time don't stop for nobody. Like he's having the worst injury of his career at this point, right? So just to end this rant, like yeah, like at this point, uh, hold tight. You know, wait till the summer. Um, Ed, I would trade every young player they have for AD and see if that works. But even then, I don't think that'll be enough just because if, if they're looking for like a rebuild for young players to build around, like Boston, if they throw Tatum and Tatum in the deal, it's a wrap. Like no other team in the league could like match like that combination of picks and young assets. You know what I mean? For sure. So, like, either I mean, way, like, it's unfair, man. Always the, the Celtics, the Celtics and the Lakers are always just in play, and it's just the Knicks. As the Knicks fan, it just sucks because. Somehow, I mean, Lakers were asked for like six years in a row, though. So that, yeah, you know. but you know they had they still saw five more titles than we did the last two decades, and then some. That's true. And then there's all the all the Magic titles, and then all the Larry Bird titles, and the KG mm-hmm. Paul Pierce title. Well, title singular, but whatever. That's that's besides the point. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I mean, worst case for us though is like if the Boston trades for AD and KD decides to sign with LA, and then Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Jimmy stays in uh, Philly. Who we get in the summer? Kemba. Like I like Kemba, but damn, you know what I mean. You get your hopes up for like the big, the big big guys, and you know, Kemba really would be a consolation prize. You know what I mean? But I mean, we got a uh, Kyrie's. I think you know. I don't think he's definitive with yeah. with Boston anymore, from what it's looking like. So. Oh yeah, he threw he threw them young boys under the bus, and then yeah. like backed the bus over, pulled up again, ran him over again with the bus. Like he did all that. Like he said, they're not ready to win and shit. Like publicly, like it's fucked that's up. some asshole shit. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's up. some asshole shit. Music's my ears though. Yeah, but like you also got to go back to like he directly told Danny Ainge before the season that he wanted to stay in Boston. That he told like season ticket holders and shit. But like, yeah, players can lie. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's also like I, I keep going back to that, just because like your optimism is like a precious resource that us Knicks fans can't really enjoy too often. So I don't want to get like hyped about the possibility of Kyrie when like he could just be staying in Boston that entire time and he's just throwing a hissy fit. You know what I mean? Cause we've yep. seen he's like an emotional dude. At this point in time, we just know we're, we're, I, I mean, knock on wood, we're almost, we're almost guaranteed a top five pick for, for the, uh, the draft this season that, that much we can almost guarantee. And as far as free agency goes, that's, we just got to do our best not to, Get or get in over our heads, right now. Six months before it starts. You got a prediction for where AD will go though? Like what team you think you think it'll be either Boston or LA? Or you think a mystery team will get involved? Uh, uh, I mean, I think between LA and Boston, if I had a, it's kind of a flip of a coin, but I would say LA has a better chance of signing him than than Boston. They're probably gonna sell the point of winning a championship with LeBron and then being that franchise player after LeBron retires and then he'll be the Signing next... Signing him or trading for him, though? Because he can't be a free agent until 2021, though. Uh, sorry. Uh, trading... 2020, rather. Trading for yeah, him. 2020 for is a... Yeah. I mean, if, if it's for a trade, between Danny Ainge versus Magic Johnson, Danny Ainge is better at getting the players that he wants. But... He used to have better assets, too, though, bro. He also like, does have better assets. Objectively. Yeah. The thing though is just like they, you, like we talked about this technicality, right? They can't trade for AD right now because they have Kyrie, Kyrie on the roster. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like some CBL loophole. So they got to wait till the summer when Kyrie's a free agent. That's the time for them to try to make an offer for AD. Um, Pelicans accept, and then they re-sign Kyrie, and then boom, they got a fucking monster team. 
So, like, it's on the Lakers right now to make that, like, it's the pressure's on them to try to make a deal happen before the Boston could get involved this summer. But I don't think the Pelicans are trying to move AD anytime soon unless he makes it clear to them that he's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a there's a good, a good chance they might not even make the playoffs this season uh, just because the West is still so stacked. And I think they're right now. The West like the is crazy. They're right now, like, the 10th or 11th seed. Um, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any easier for them. But yeah, man. Yeah, that's... I mean, Alfred Payton's back. The shout out to Alfred Payton. He's apparently the secret, the weapon, and the whole NBA is sleeping on. Because <laughs> when he's playing for the Pelicans, they're winning. And like, soon, like they were on a downturn, then he came back and they started winning again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's, it's weird. Like, who who'd have thought? This is a Scott Perry draft pick, by the way, Alfred Payton. So, shout out to Scott Perry. All right, man. So I think with that, we should wrap up this episode. I think we've been going on for about an hour. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even realize, but it's been about an hour of shit. Uh, but Streets street was hungry, bro. We had to feed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is our first episode for, for 2019, so it's I'm excited to see what the rest of the year holds for for the Nickish podcast. So if you haven't already subscribed, we are active on Twitter now. Uh, so for Twitter and Instagram, that's Nick underscore ish. Follow us. Um, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify and SoundCloud if you haven't already, and rate and review us. For those of for those of you who have rated and reviewed us, thank you so much. And for those of you who are even listening to a minute of our podcast, we really appreciate it. So um, keep listening and look out for episode number twelve coming out soon. Yeah, and for the people that only listen to a minute, uh, apologies for my co-host sound like that and turning you away. It's he just he just sounds like that. He was born that way. I don't know what you want me to say. Like we're sorry. Please come back and listen to us. Wait, what happened? Did I, did I I got cut off? No, I was just making a joke that they they would hear your voice for the first minute of the podcast and just turn it off. So oh, yeah. well, <laughs> 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 fuck. That took a, that took a minute to to register. Anyway, uh, that's that that that's a wrap. So again, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.